This is episode 37 of Spiritual AF with Pixie Rose, the podcast for people going on their spiritual journey, knowing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Before we get into this episode, I want to invite you to the Lunar Temple, my monthly membership portal. So unfortunately, I'm not able to provide readings right now due to so many time constraints with so many exciting things happening, like my up and coming oracle cards and my online intuitive courses. But instead of offering my readings that I absolutely love doing, I would like to offer you another way to connect. Through this monthly membership, you will receive live online readings and intuitive guidance. So this is through Zoom calls. So just coming live on Zoom with me, asking questions or receiving whatever you need to receive. This also includes new moon and full moon online circles with me. So these events are recorded and they provide an opportunity to create ritual in connecting with the moon and honoring yourself. For the full moon, we will be releasing in a beautiful ritualistic way, releasing anything that no longer serves you. And then in the new moon circles, we will be focusing on what we're manifesting. And through both of those Zoom events, I will also provide any intuitive insight and guidance for the month ahead. This includes private channelings. So again, the recording is made available if you can't attend live, but otherwise you can jump on live on Zoom and experience a channeling and again the opportunity to receive that intuitive guidance from those higher energies that I'll be channeling. You'll be invited to a private telegram group to connect with other like-minded souls and you'll also receive exclusive guided meditations to help connect with yourself, heal and activate. This membership is only $25 for a limited time only and there is no commitment attached to this membership. You can cancel and rejoin at any time. But if you do join right now at this special price and you stay with me, as a thank you, you will receive my up and coming oracle cards as a gift. So I can't wait to share these oracle cards with you. And as members of this beautiful space, the Lunar Temple, you will receive these oracle cards as a gift. And you'll be the first people to get your hands on them. To join this membership, check out the show notes and visit my website, pixiesteps.com.au. Find the Lunar Temple and just send through your email, your details, and I will send you the link to the membership portal. I can't wait to connect with you.
So today on the podcast, I have Laura from Palladian Healer. Laura is a YouTube creator, a cosmic channeler, a healer, intergalactic shaman, starseed and twin flame. So welcome, Laura, to Spiritual AF. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Hi, Pixie. Nice to meet you. Nice to connect to you. on the other side of the world. Yeah, it's great that we can do this, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> so I'd love to learn a bit about you and your story. I love to hear about people's journey and how you became um, to be doing this work that you're doing right now. Okay. Um, yeah, so just a few sentences to myself. My name is Laura from Pleading Healer. And I started Pleiadian Healer in October 2017, so uh, a few years back. And when I first started, the initiative was more for crystal healing and also Reiki because I had just completed a crystal healing certificate. And I'm not sure if people really know what that is. Um, It has to do with crystal healing and really working with uh, knowledge about crystals, how they can heal us on a holistic level. Uh, metaphysical level but also actually on a physical level so for example for me what I always found fascinating is that I can heal stuff like migraines or stomach aches um, with the help of crystals or little crystal helpers and I really became fascinated with it and, and really got into it in the summer of 2017 decided to do a certificate with a local lady and then after that I felt I needed to expand my practice somehow but I didn't really know with what. So it would have been either sound healing or Reiki. So Reiki was the next step because it was a little bit more um, practical and also easier to fall into that. And then I was like, okay, I think now I'm ready to just open up my own practice, my own business and offer some services. And then evolving from that, it just kind of exploded into something else. So um, about a year after, I really dabbled into shamanic healing and actually got a shamanic healing. Um, Well, they used to call it shamanic Reiki certificate. So a master's in shamanic Reiki. But right now I actually don't really do much with Reiki at all anymore. Um, So I really focus more on the shamanic aspect of it and full on shamanic healing with shamanic journeying and, and soul retrievals and really balancing out the energy body through shamanic healing techniques but what the shamanic reiki mastered as a, i guess it's a degree but not really it was more like a certificate or an education whatever you want to call it right but what that one really taught me and the teachers i had was to do it in such a self-empowering way that the clients or the people who are seeing me can kind of just do that on their own after and they don't have to keep on seeing me over and over again um, so i thought that was a really empowering way to look at things And then from there on, I guess I just fell into oracle card reading, like in in shamanic terms, you call them medicine decks, medicine oracle cards. Some people call them tarot cards, oracle cards, whatever. I think at at the end of the day, it's pretty much the same thing. So (laughs) in overview, that's kind of what I do right now. I really focus on intuitive readings, on shamanic healings, and I also give tarot and oracle card readings. And um, yeah, that's kind of where we are. (laughs) Yeah, beautiful. So 
Do you mind sharing a bit on how you even like found an interest in the crystal healing in the first place? Have you always been very naturally intuitive or is it something that you've kind of had to find a journey within? So with the crystal healing, it's interesting because I was always fascinated by crystals when I was a child. But then, you know, you just grow up and if it's not really reinforced by parents or school education, whatever, just kind of don't really, I didn't grow up in an area where you had a lot of crystals. So for me, it was like, it kind of just went away. Um, but then the moment I actually stepped into a crystal store because I was actually friends with the shamanic healer and she recommended you should get this crystal and that crystal, and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where to find those. So I started visiting a crystal store and the moment I stepped foot into it, I was like completely enarmored by everything around me. You know, they have the huge geodes and all of that. So that was pretty much basically it on that journey. And I felt that huge connection and I actually started training my intuition with the help of crystals. And I'm not saying you actually need crystals to train your intuition. You don't even need a pendulum or tarot cards to train it, but it does make it easier when you have certain tools at hand. So for me, the way it really started with training intuition and getting into that was with the help of crystals mm. and from them on it would just was like one step after another you know once the portals are open i do feel you just become more open to other things too so that's when the other healing modalities kind of came around and then you just meet people who do those certain things and that was all around 2017 so end of 2016 beginning of 2017 not terribly long ago, um, but I do I sometimes talk about this too, but I don't mention it too frequently. I do have a, a different story on my, what people call main awakening or whatever. And that happened back in 2014 already. So with the main awakening where you're kind of just waking up to, oh no, what exactly is going on? Are we spiritual beings or are we 3D beings? That happened in 2014. But from then on, it literally took like two or three years to kind of go around and train my own intuition because in 2014, 2015, I felt I was still relying on other people, perhaps, um, who were like just showcasing other paths they had undertaken. But I didn't really see myself as a psychic or as an intuitive or as a healer even. And that didn't happen until three years later. Okay, very intriguing. And I know on your YouTube channel, you mentioned that your family's from Germany and now you're, you're living in the US, is that right? Yeah, so I've been in New York City since 2010. Yeah. And uh, my family's in Germany, so my core family is still in Germany. But uh, after a decade here, there's also a family here, you know, friends and family yeah yeah beautiful no thank you for sharing so one thing that you share a lot in your youtube channel is the starseed connection do you mind sharing a bit about that journey in discovering that you were a starseed is that how you put it and and just a little bit about these different uh, well, I'd love to hear your terminology on things because, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, this is all quite new to me. This is something that I was kind of introduced to 
in uh, at the end of 2019, December 2019. And I've kind of been going on this path and certain things resonate and certain things haven't been. And then when I came across your post on Instagram, like I really uh, resonated with the this thought on there's certain people that do put themselves out there as spiritual teachers that may potentially be uh, maybe leading people astray or, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but like we're trying to reach for something that may be unattainable, like moving to this 5D and all of that journey. So that's sticking to the star seeds, which you share a lot about them on your YouTube channel, which I'll definitely link in the show notes for people that are interested in looking into that more. But how, how did you discover that? So with the Starseed Origins yeah. and all of that? Yeah. Okay. We can start off with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the Starseed Origins, they kind of came around around the same time, around 2017. Now, back in 2014 already, I had a friend, and that's kind of what catapulted my uh, journey into the awakening, who was really into one of these spiritual gurus who she has a huge following. I don't really want to mention her, and then this mm-hmm. doesn't really help much, but no, that's fine. Um, I mean, so he was really into her teachings and he was really into the concept of being Arcturian himself. Mm -hmm. And he was really into the concept of, uh, you know, his twin flame and everything. So kind of in 2014, I got like the full package already, the full full preview basically already um, with a very close friend who had a twin flame. A twin flame was in a different country. She was in England and we were in New York City. So he had to make a decision to move continents to be with this twin flame. Um, And both thought they were Arcturian or whatever. And they were really into the spiritual guru teacher and they kind of followed her online. She had like a group online um, and she was giving events like in in my area in New York City and also Boston for those people who are close to here. So I kind of got like the full picture from him back then already, but it really did not... For me, it was like, I don't really care if I'm Arcturian, if I'm Pleiadian, if I'm uh, Syrian, whatever. Um, for me, it was just kind of like, and even about the twin flame thing, I saw it happen and play out in front of my eyes because I saw it with him, how he actually moved, uh, wrapped up his life, moved everything over there and how they ended up having a family and a child together and everything. But for me, it was like, that doesn't really do much to me. But then in 2017, um i just it's you know when things just kind of when there's divine timing or whatever you want to call it you know a year earlier you weren't really open to it and then a year later something just kind of clicks and you're like now i'm interested into it or now i'm really i really want to dig further into that and i'm not even sure exactly but i think i just started following other people who were talking about starseed origins and i became kind of interested to know well, what starseed origin could I be? Or is there something to this story that I'm perhaps not from here or however you wanna phrase that? Now, I did have readings with other people that were also mentioned in this post and you always go down this rabbit hole of kind of giving your power away mm-hmm. because basically the entire information is already within you. And that's kind of why I like the shamanic approach to things better then literally just the approach of, um, we're gonna have a reading with someone, 
um, they're going to they're going to show you a b c whatever options you have and say that's the definite answer or whatever it really depends on who you have a reading with right yeah <laughs> some readers literally tell you okay this is how things are going to play out and then no other option even though mm. it doesn't really happen that way and other readers are more flexible with that but yeah it has a lot to do with human psychology for sure as well and and how you know they approach matters and you approach matters but um with the shamanic approach it's literally you can discover this on your own mm. um and then that's why i love the techniques like shamanic journeying where you can literally just go down a journey and kind of similar to qhht where you can kind of regress yourself into a situation and just find that out for yourself because i think when you receive visuals on your own it's way more powerful than when someone tells you this is what i see for you and then you don't really get much insight. So 2017 was the year where I actually started kind of regressing myself back to situations with the help of another shaman. Um, and I don't really know if she was doing like a soul retrieval technique or like a soul journey technique, but we were kind of just retrieving stuck pieces of my soul. And all of a sudden we were in all these different past lifetimes. Some of them were here on earth. And then when I started doing it by myself, just through the help of meditation and also crystals, I actually worked with, don't have it around me right now, but I worked with the lapis lazuli that I put on my forehead. So right here on the third eye mm -hmm. area. And I also worked with the help of sound because sound can be really powerful in opening up a lot of channels and things for you, at least in my opinion. Um, but when doing that, I think I really opened up like something to uh, outer realms and then just like, I don't even want to say extraterrestrial matter, but definitely interdimensional matter, like interdimensional beings. And so it was definitely with the help of other people already having that material available on YouTube. You know, there are like videos on, do you think you're Pleiadian? Do you think you're Zeta Gray? Do you think you're Syrian? So that definitely helped in expanding my awareness because before that I was more focused on Arcturian because of my friend. And I was like, well, there has to be other stuff out there too. And so once I started, you know, tapping into all these other like infinite amounts of stars and star systems and other existences out there, um, that's kind of when things made a little bit more sense to me. But at the same time, uh, my opinion, so my opinion has changed from then on too, because I did start when I started the YouTube channel, which was, a while after I started, you know, my website and my blog and my Instagram, even um, the YouTube channel did very much focus on starseed origins, whether or not you're Lyran, Andromedan. And I do think a lot of people actually found this channel, like my, my YouTube channel through that too. But it kind of, you know, over the past year or so, it kind of changed more in the direction of, I do think it matters what star you're possibly from, because I do think for a lot of people or souls or beings here on, on this plane. Um, I do think a lot of those people have past lives or parallel lives, call it whatever, because it's basically, and I'm sure you know this doing QHHT as well. It's basically so available to you because it's kind of almost like a parallel thing, right? Like kind of playing out in the parallel, even though it might have happened 2000 years ago or, however long ago it's still very much kind of like in a parallel universe or reality yes. so 
So that's kind of how I see it as well. And, and so when I tap into, for example, me having past lives on Arcturus or on um, Sirius A or B or, or on the Pleiades or whatever, um, for me, it's basically like, okay, so my soul was incarnated there or there might still be soul pieces there, like, like certain remembrances there. But at the end of the day, um, what kind of matters is more getting back here into this physical body and, and physical reality instead of trying to escape this reality by kind of re-emphasizing, well, whenever this life is done for me, I'm just going to go back to the Pleiades or I'm just going to go back to this and that and that. Um, I don't think that's a healthy viewpoint at all. Um, and I've seen many people kind of fall for that and be like, you know, even... I mean, there are so many fairs here in the New York City area where people were literally having readings with other psychics. And I just remember, and these are psychics who have been around for like 30, 40 years, you know, but I just remember sometimes uh, people just telling them, yeah, this is going to be your last lifetime on earth, no worries, then you've kind of completed your earthly mission or whatever. And, and just kind of giving that false hope in that sense that, okay, this is your last lifetime. You're not going to return here anymore. And I'm just like, what are you doing with that piece of information though? Are you really making your life as good as possible? Or are you just existing in this reality and not really creating your reality and trying to really enjoy um, the life that you have right now? So in, in that similar mentality, for me, that's kind of the starseed origin. I don't want to call it trap, but kind of like the starseed origin mentality in the sense of oh don't worry you're only here on earth to complete a mission and then after that you can go back to your starseed family in the pleiades or on arcturus or whatever i don't agree with that at all um, in my opinion call them aliens call them whatever the interdimensional beings are uh, mostly artificial intelligence at this point too so we're remembering having a life there before they turned into ai or before they kind of uh, got destroyed even because Lyra, you know, Lyra and Andromeda, those kind of stars uh, were definitely destroyed during the Lyran Wars and all of that. But it's getting like very long. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any questions regarding that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot that I'd love to um, get into. But just as you're mentioning um, that, so, so you put it as, uh, these different interdimensional beings have been infiltrated by AI. Is that how you put it? Because I've never heard that before. And there's definitely so, an aspect of that, that when I heard you say that on your, in one of your videos, I was like, yeah, there's something in that. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you could explore, um, like, where do you get your information from? How do, how do these, yeah. How do you receive this? these knowings. Mm, yeah. Okay. So um, I do think uh, what, so it's hard to explain, but you know, all the channelers that are out there that are channeling like the Pleiadians that are channeling the Arcturians on all, all of that. First of all, I do think some of them are just plain out liars and uh, are not really, you can tell in their body language, they're not really, I don't know. They're just making things up. Now, the ones that are actually channeling something, and this is where it gets a little bit complicated, but not really, because some of them might just be channeling reptilians or like entities that are really on the dark side too. 
and those could be disguised as Arcturians or Pleiadians or whatever. Um, you know, it's really easy as an interdimensional being to disguise yourself to kind of put a mask on. And that's also how like psychic attacks happen and like in the astral plane and everything. You think this is like a radiant being trying to talk to you in meditation. And then lo and behold, this is just another Zeta gray or whatever. And, and you got really got to dig into it. And I've seen it myself, you know, like during meditations, uh, sometimes I see faces in my astral. It's kind of like the watchers, like they're kind of watching you, especially the people who are aware of this and the people who they know they're kind of awake to this. Um, some people call those targeted individuals. I just call them, you know, if, if we already have a certain awareness, we're, we're being watched left and right anyways. As human beings on this planet, we're being watched by our own cell phones, TVs, computers, you know, you have like cameras everywhere around you, but they can definitely also watch you in the astral plane. So all of a sudden, you know, I'm just meditating and I see like a face pop up and that it, sometimes it looks like a normal face. And then I'm just like, um, are you of the highest good or are you of love? Are you coming to me with the highest intention? And then all of a sudden, poof, they just have to really uh, kind of let that mask drop or, or let that disguise drop. And it's a, a, a Zeta gray or something that's definitely doesn't resemble the face that came to me in the astral from the start. So that's definitely an aspect, you know, I've seen that happen for sure. Um, and the more you kind of work in the astral and, and try to get to the information and get to the gist of things. Like for me, I did a few astral trips to the Antarctic to, um, the South Pole, and that's always like a hot spot for them because they really don't want you to find out what's there. Mm -hmm. So I don't even really go there right now because I'm really tired of being attacked after that. But whenever you go to those hot spots or go into these topics that they don't really want you to disclose much about, um, you're always being watched somehow. And it's kind of like psychic attacks, like, you know, headaches are a huge one. Um, you know, I've had so many headaches over the course of the past year or so, the more I dig into this, you know, today was actually another day where I woke up, started with a headache and I'm just like, huh, interesting, like mm -hmm. right before this interview, obviously. So it's just those random things that they're throwing at you. Now from a shamanic perspective, you can kind of pull away those AI nets they put around you. Okay. I really do see it as an AI net, you know, and I also talk about that on my channel where it's like literally like a little mermaid net almost. Sometimes they put octopuses over your heart center. That's always one where they really want to get to your heart center. Um, now with a heart center, you know, when they put something over it, your emotions are going to be dimmed and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of messing a little bit with your functioning and daily life. Let's put it that way in like relationships to other people, to parents, to children, to other beings, obviously. So it's always important to kind of clean that up on a daily basis. I would definitely recommend if you're not doing it on a daily basis after like meditation or as a daily hygiene, definitely do it like three times a week or so. Um, because the stuff is on there. You know, I pull cards, cords from my uh, solar plexus, sacral area, heart center, like almost regularly. Um, that's always kind of put on to us. It, it's also coming from other people though. So yeah. it's always good to just kind of clean that up. And um, so with the people just channeling these entities, okay, that's cool. So if they really do think, so let's just say, great, they might really are channeling Arcturians or Pleiadians or whatever they're most likely talking to a version of the Pleiadians who have been overtaken by their own AI. 
when exactly that happened, I don't really know. But there really aren't that many aliens or ETs out there that actually do kind of have the capacity to help. And I'm not saying um, they think they can help. I'm sure those interdimensional beings think they're doing something good. But, you know, I was at a point in my life where I was really listening to my spirit guides and it was actually in Australia. So about two years ago, one and a half years ago, I already told you before the interview, I was in um, the Sydney area and also Queensland for like a good six months total. And it really turned a little bit into a wild goose hunt or whatever you want to call it, because I was really in touch with beings around me, call them spirit guides, call them whatever, you know. And uh, I was meditating on a regular basis. And Australia does have a huge connection to, in my opinion, Arcturians, um, Anunnaki in certain areas, and also Pleiadians. So I was really in touch with these beings on a regular basis. I even, you know, I have a little book around me where I write down, um, you know, insights and everything, you know, like every day, I, there's like a page for every day that I have written down. So in, in Australia, I, I remember just writing these things down. And some insight was amazing and mind-blowing. They basically already predicted back in the summer of 2019 that this entire economic crash is going to happen. Like, basically, they predicted the pandemic, you know, less than a year in advance for me. They didn't really tell me when, though. That's another thing. Um, and they predicted, like, other things. But at the same time, they were really... Um, kind of like chasing me around the country too and being like, and now you have to go here is completely ungrounded and uprooted and uh, almost completely lost to a certain extent because I had given, instead of listening to my own intuition, which is really important, I had given way too much power away to these beings around me, um, which I do call spirit misguides at this point as well. Some, some I do think can be very beneficial for some people um, in a certain stage in your life. You know, I had a shamanic spirit guide around me for a really long time, um, like just a Native American shaman who was around me for a really long time. I do think he came with the highest of intentions, like it was from a previous lifetime, kind of. But at the end of the day, um, you're the one living your life. And this is kind of just like you listening to your parents or listening to your grandparents or listening to your friends who are just giving you advice, right? And you think they know it better because they're more experienced in your life or they have like other insight, you know, because that's always the thing. Like people always think because we're human and we're in the 3D or whatever, um, we're not as powerful as someone who's in the seventh realm or 12D or whatever, even though that's not true. You know, like like we are actually have all the insight within us, but just by listening to these other beings, we're not really we give, we're just giving way too much of our power away, if that makes sense. Mm. And I mean, there's a reason we're here and not them, right? Yes. So otherwise they would probably be reincarnated in our bodies, but they're not. Now for some people, when they experience the walk-in and everything, they really have given away a lot of their soul to mm. these people, um, not to these people, to these beings. And that's kind of when I do find um, these beings enter another person's body and kind of just likes to to live their life until i don't know <laughs> yeah until it doesn't do well maybe yeah it's such a layered conversation and i just yeah. i feel like there's so much we haven't uncovered yet 
So, um, yeah, it, it intrigues me so much. Uh, one thing that I did want to ask a bit more about is, is the channeling. So you don't believe in embodied channeling, do you? Like you don't recommend anyone to do that. Is that right? Um, so it's funny because, you know, people do think like I'm a Pleiadian channeler just because of the name Pleiadian healer. They think I'm a healer. I'm a channeler. And there was a point um, where I did call myself cosmic channeler, cosmic healer. I still call myself sometimes that because it's just easier for people to understand what I've kind of what I kind of do, I guess. I don't know. We had this discussion like beforehand in emails. <laughs> yes. But um, with the channeling, it, so it can be quite dangerous because uh, first of all, you don't know what you're channeling. Um, you think you're channeling higher advice or, or higher vibrational advice or whatever. But at the end of the day, it could be like a very low frequency being that's really trying to F with you, like really trying to mess you up. Mm. Um, or... It can just be random entities, you know, especially if you do it like in places where let's just say the place is haunted or whatever, it has really bad energy, you know, especially like in, in bars or um, places where people really drink a lot. Um, that's like horrible energy <laughs> yeah. because like spirits are kind of over your body and just waiting to enter your body. And, you know, those kind of things. I've seen that happen myself with like people yeah um, that I was actually intimate with so people I was in relationship with and, and they just give and this is not even on a spiritual level at all and these, these aren't necessarily people who believe much in spirituality but just by giving um, their everything to the bottle to the alcohol um, they, their soul kind of you know is your the soul is going to leave the body at one point because the soul can't stay in a body that's uh, mistreated in that way so even if it just does it for a few hours or for a night or whatever, um, for those few hours, something else might enter. And you've probably seen it when people act really strangely when they are drunk or on drugs, maybe even they don't act like their own selves, right? Like some yeah. of them, not all of them. And then uh, maybe they act like even a prostitute, perhaps, right? Or um, they act like someone entirely entirely different. And that's for me, that's always a sign that an entity actually entered their body. Mm -hmm. And then they wake up. And they're normal. They have a hangover, whatever. They're completely normal. And they're like, I don't even know what I did. I had a blackout. Um, that wasn't my normal self. Like, I don't even know why I even, for example, slept with this person or why I even started a fight with this person. Um, for me, those are always signs that an entity uh, was in control of their body for most of that night. And that usually happens with alcohol. Now with the channeling, it's similar and it might sound a bit out there for people who don't really, that's kind of how energy works, you know, with the channeling, um, you're willingly giving power to something to kind of enter through you. And that's why, you know, from a shamanic perspective, my shamanic teachers have always told me when we astral travel, we do not leave our body. We stay very grounded in this body. Mm. You can feel fingers at all times you can feel your feet at all times make sure you have a touch to the ground somehow or that you you don't leave your body yeah because you're working in the astral plane um, and you don't want something else to kind of enter into your astral body or whatever so with the channeling that's very similar and that's why people have to be very careful of that first of all that they might be channeling beings they don't really know who they are even if these beings say we are higher dimensional ninth 90 12d 70 pleiadians whatever we here to better humanity i don't know um i mean channel 
channeling can come in a lot of ways, right? Like channeling can also be when you're journaling and kind of writing down channeled insight. But I feel that it's more channeling from your own intuition. Mm. But these people who are really like rocking back and forth, you know, you have that in religion too, though. You don't just have that in spirituality. Like if you look at these religious cults or I don't know, like, like... you know, it's it's not just in spirituality, which is mind blowing. So, you know, when people are like literally like rocking their body back and forth and like now we're going to it's kind of like a entity possession. Yes, it's w- willingly possessing. Yeah. So I, I don't resonate with that at all. I don't recommend it because um, it might be hard for you to get back into that body after. And I do know people who, you know, for me. for a long time, like for a good nine months or so after I really did open up channels or whatever you want to call it, I felt extremely ungrounded. Mm. Yes. And, and, and after hindsight, I know I felt ungrounded because probably there were like beings around me who might have just even taken advantage of my own vessel. Um, But this is like a few years ago. So I I can say that from my first time experience that um, if you feel very ungrounded when doing this, or you're having a hard time finding back into your body, that's probably a sign that you shouldn't really be doing that necessarily, because there yeah. are other things that work. Yeah, it's definitely a very interesting uh, perspective that I think needs to be discussed more, because from this recent journey that I've been on since the end of 2019, which before before I went to Egypt, which I share a lot on the podcast, um, the only channeling sort of experience that I'd had was like um, Abraham Hicks and, and law of attraction. And, you know, she's been around for, you know, however long ages and ages. And, and, and that's it. That's the only form of channeling that I'd experienced. And then learning um, QHHT in Egypt, they, you know, people are spontaneously channeling and and I I remember there was definitely disbelief the first time I'd seen it. I'm like, mm, is this for real? Like, are they just putting that on? Um, so I did I did sort of struggle to believe certain um, people. So I think I I agree with you that there's potentially people out there that uh, say that they channel and are not. And then I've had people in my life that have really embodied that channeling and they have very much lost themselves and their life has become very messy and and completely ungrounded and I've seen how badly it's impacted them and and I do feel like that's part of a lot of people's lessons within 2020 was learning to be grounded um definitely for me I really really felt that grounding energy of 2020 and now I don't know how people uh, thrive in their life without it. Like, yeah, we really need to be, you know, clearing our energy, grounding our energy, protecting our energy, and most people are not. And especially if they're welcoming all of these different energies that they know nothing about, um, yeah, I've seen it firsthand that it, it can get messy and it's, yeah, I and no one, I haven't heard anyone else but you, talk about that you know that there's definitely a danger to it really isn't there 
Yeah, I do know people who talk about it. I can direct you to them if, yes, if you yes. want after the interview or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. For example, you know, there's this guy on YouTube, Tony Sayers. He talks about it all the time. Um, he's British, actually. Well, he was kind of banned on YouTube. And that's the thing. The people who talk about it uh, are eventually, you know, there was this other woman. She was actually, her entire YouTube channel got ripped away underneath her feet after 50,000 followers she had. Yeah. She was really into exposing this entire thing too. Um, but you know, these people who are talking about it, uh, they're being, we're all being highly censored here in, in my opinion. So it's not just, you know, me, it's not just them. It's like if I've spoken to so many individuals, especially after that one post that I brought out, this was like January 2nd or 3rd, like at the very beginning of the year, so many people reached out to me and they were like, yes, targeted individual, we can never make it, like we can never actually have the 100,000 or 1 million followers because we're being censored left and right. You know, I've seen it on my own social media. You know, all of a sudden overnight, I have like 50 followers on Instagram disappear. <laughs> yeah, wow. Like, it makes no sense. These, these these can't just be AI bots or whatever you're deleting, you know. Um, so it's just very interesting just speaking to other people about it too. I think um, a crucial part is that people are uh, starting to find each other who are opening up to this, you know, just like, I mean, I didn't even know before before you approached me, like, I don't think I even uh, knew anything about what you do or, or whatever. Um, it was the same with other people who were just kind of, you know, I guess messaging me or approaching me after that post too. But I mean, it's interesting because then at the same time, a lot of other people were uh, really nasty about it as well. You know, it's kind of, I have another interview out there that, that's termed the new age uh, trend. I did up, check you know, that one major out. Culture or whatever. And I'll link yeah. that in the so, show notes as well for other people. I, yeah, I really enjoyed that interview. It's, for sure. it's an interesting concept because, you know, with religion, with new age, with all of these things, people, and that's also what makes it a little bit dangerous. Like people want something to cling on to. And it's the same with politics as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, especially here in the U.S. with either one candidate or the other one, there's no in between anymore. But unfortunately, I'm also seeing that in Germany or like in other European countries. I'm not really sure about Australia. I, I don't really know how it is over there. I would assume it's maybe a little bit different. There's but, like no options here in Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no point in politics. <laughs> so, um, well, here, you know, it's, it's really right on your face, especially what happened like in November up until January, yeah. whatever, with the huge elections that were going on. So like people really clinging to one candidate, like he's our only hope and all of those things but it turns into this like cult like thing where you're still giving your power away to someone or something like the system the government um this this leader this uh religious institution or or this new age instead of just really keeping your sanity and then being grounded being like does this resonate with me or not do i really have to follow like the Pleiadians, the Arturians, whatever, and, and everything that they're putting out there. And with some of these teachers that I did mention in the post, some people have come up to me afterwards and they were like, yeah, it's almost like a cult-like following what these people have. Mm -hmm. Like there's no questioning anymore. And the entire brainwashing that they're putting into people, yes. you know, like uh, it's, it's literally like if, if you're criticizing others, you have an issue with yourself just don't kind of things yeah uh yes and no i understand where that's coming from but at the same time you're criticizing them because they're actually really harmful to others as well yeah um 
So there is a danger in that. And but it's not just with the new age. It's definitely also with religion and, and yeah. politics and many other aspects in our life. But yeah, the new definitely. Age makes it very vulnerable. Yeah. And it's sad because I guess, yeah, a lot of people come from, you know, some religion and then they step out right. of religion and they still want something to believe in. And I guess that's sure. kind of a question that I have for you. I am, I am curious about what you believe in because even I've almost been sold or bought into that trap and, and it's unattainable like this idea that we're all like reaching for 5D, I'm pretty sure that's unattainable and it's actually about like right now, like this lifetime and to be connected to the earth. And I think that those star connections, they feel important to me. I feel like um, I know myself better and it's nice for people to connect to themselves and, and experience that soul retrieval in the sense of just knowing what they're connected to. I think that that's important, but to completely forget about your earth life and be reaching for this other thing really does feel like a, a trap that, um, yeah, it definitely gets the views, doesn't it? Um, but you know. that's about it. Like it's, yeah, it's just this this terrible winding path. And then, like I said, I've seen it sort of firsthand with people that um, are near and dear to my heart and and then they're unhappy. So ultimately it's like, yeah, how how to be happy. So I'm curious, what, what do you believe in? What is the point of this? Do you believe we have a purpose? Um, so that's not too um, big of a question to ask. <laughs> Yeah, when you first asked what do you believe in, I thought you would ask if I believe in God. <laughs> well, do you? Which do is you interesting. believe in God? So I do believe, I do believe in the creator, uh, the, I don't know, call it, well, some people, I guess some people call it universe or whatever. I do believe in um, that there's something higher. I've seen it myself. You know, when I look at, it's kind of like a golden spark. That's how I see it. So definitely like a massive golden thing. And that we carry that within ourselves too, though. That's very important to note. And that's what people call spirit or a soul or whatever. Now, uh, with, with the star systems and star origins, what I believe in or what I actually think is also true, at least for my reality, um, that we hold codes in our DNAs that are, call it cosmic DNA, call it whatever, um, but they actually hold remembrance of every single experience we have, like experiences on these other star systems, experiences here and other past lives. So our DNA is very precious and it holds a lot of important codes and we don't lose that. So technically we're having the same DNA we have now or like a pretty similar one than we had like 500 years ago when we were like the queen of England or whatever. Um, and it's, you know, it's in our hair and our bones in our physical thing, but it's also in our, um, yeah, it's just in our DNA. So with the 5D and all of that, I do believe, you know, in ancient Lemuria, ancient Atlantis, um, we have been in 5D or we were really about to just, you know, take off and, and be in this higher vibrational reality. Also Avalon is another one. I'm not sure if you know much about Avalon. I don't. Um, yeah, Avalon, you know, that was around UK. I think it was like Glastonbury area or whatever. Um, that was around the year 1000 or so. So not too long ago. 
but I'm getting a lot of Avalon memories in the most recent sessions that I've done. So I know that must have been like the last chance that we had for that really higher vibrational society. And um, so I do think, you know, we do have the potential to drift in and out of 3D, 5D. I experienced that myself, but it doesn't mean that you don't have to pay your bills in 5D or that you don't have to, like some people really call it like, uh, like you're just going to eat high vibrational foods or uh, do yoga all day long in 5D and it's just going to be such a different life. I don't agree with that at all. It did feel lighter to me when I was tapping into it. So maybe less friction, less drama than there is in 3D. But I don't think uh, the awakening that we see it as such, you know, because the goal is kind of just to awaken out of this matrix reality. I don't think the awakening is going to happen in 5D. I don't think it's going to happen in any D and any dimension, really, you know, 1 to 12 or 1 to 100, how many we even have. <laughs> Because I don't even think we just have 12 dimensions. We probably have like an infinite amount of them. But, you know, just for like, just to keep it simple, um, let's just say 12 dimensions. So I don't think um, when I tap into source, let's call it source, God, source, creator, universe, whatever. When I tap into source, I don't see dimensions. I just see purity. And so when we're here fighting about whether or not we should be in 3D or 5D or 7D, for me, that's just kind of irrelevant because I don't want to be in any D. I just want to be source embodiment or, or kind of like back with source or whatever, which you're not going to be that when you're alive, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so from, from a standpoint of, you know, soul incarnations and everything, I think it's been a really long time since we had the chance to be with source or, or really be you know of that infinite source knowledge whatever um and i do think uh, it's simply because we're being kept in this 12d matrix overlay or whatever you want to call it and so even beings who are like seven dimensional pleiadians or or ninth dimensional arcturians or whatever what can they really teach you because they're still in the dimension they're not back with source you know it's yeah. like okay you're in a different reality somehow in addition to maybe being AI as well. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so so you're still kind of in the matrix though. And that's for me, that's kind of like, okay, it doesn't really matter to you that you're channeling the Galactic Federation of Light or Lies or whatever. It doesn't really matter to you that you're channeling the Arcturians um, because those beings are in a, in a different type of overlay, but they're still like in a matrix overlay. Yeah. And... Um, I think for me, it's really more about, okay, so who has access to source and knowledge about source? Because so far, I haven't really seen anyone talk about that. We get so much insight about, okay, now in order to vibrate higher, whatever we have to, and I'm like, no, we don't have to vibrate higher. We already find the way we are. Yeah. Vibrate higher for me is just a massive distraction of distracting what's actually going on right now on this planet, mm -hmm. making people very complacent, not questioning their reality that if seen that also with politics i've seen that also with religion that you just give your power away to people who think they know it better channelers to these cult leaders to whatever mm -hmm. but you yourself have to kind of wake up yourself yeah no one who can do that for you exactly um, so that's like the important difference yeah and, and we're not going to have all the answers obviously but mm -hmm. i think we we need to find out more about that than focusing on 
being in 5D really yeah. because being in 5D is not going to be the solution. Like, you know, Dolores Cannon herself, she called it 3D Earth, uh, 5D Earth, like New Earth, whatever, all these terms. But you're still... <laughs> you're still caught somewhere in an overlay somehow. That's just how every time I tap into that on an energetic level, for me, it looks like an overlay. You're still caught in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. There's something about that, that rings true for me. Um, and even, I know that you don't um, like the term shadow work or anything like that, but um, again, when that's the goal, and, you know, like that's what people ask, like how can we get to 5D? Um, when these things come up in the 3D, like in the matrix and in this world that we're living in, problems, right? Like when just problems come up, there's like a shame to it. So, And that's, this is where it doesn't feel good being involved in, in certain um, spiritual communities you know these people that they're following and they're hanging on to every word it's all about high vibes and keeping right. that 5d you know it's like you can't feel anything lower because then you're you know and it's just this terrible whirlpool and I just I just see like all this shame and even more suffering but definitely a lot of shame just a lot of shame for having a human experience and I think that's right. that's really crap like yeah we're humans we're meant to be like, yeah, this, this podcast is all about, you know, knowing that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Why would right. we disregard the human experience? Right. There's nothing wrong with shadow work. Um, so it, it just kind of depends on how you define it, I guess. You know, uh, there's nothing wrong with digging through your childhood wounds or why you're reacting, for example, dating is like the best example for it right like anything that's romantic or even anything that has to do with children for example because that's like strong karmic connections like family mothers children like siblings those are very strong karmic connections but even when you're just dating someone new or whatever in your life um, for those people who you know are like in that situation um, like for me it's always mind-blowing how much uh, how many triggers can get pushed um, just by getting to know someone on a romantic level and to kind of be like, why is this triggering me? Why is this coming up? Is this like self-worth issues right in my face? Or are those still coming up from childhood or from like a previous relationship or something? So there's nothing wrong with that and analyzing your own trigger reactions, call it shadow work, call it whatever. But when it becomes the main preoccupation and when you're like, okay, I reacted like this to the person who was serving me at the bakery or whatever. And I have to go home and do some shadow work. No, you're also just human. You know, you're also just under the influence of whatever's going on and the energies around you, people just being very irritable. Um, you're under the influence of maybe, you know, as a woman, you being on your period or whatever, just like these normal human things, physical things, or maybe under the influence of a full moon as well. You know, a lot of people are still on the, under the influence of those things. Mm. So shadow work can become tricky because it can lead you down a different rabbit hole and really preoccupy your mind. Whereas you don't have to over, and then for people who are overanalyzing things, for example, I think that that's a point where it become really tricky. Um, and I know I have the tendency to do that. So um, for me, it just doesn't, 
I dig into wounds and, and childhood wounds. And there was a period in my life where I was really into that. But at the end of the day, um, you, you learn more through your mistakes anyhow, right? Yes. There's this one great phrase and I forgot, it was just like a random person that said it to me once. I forgot who it was. And they, they actually told me, so it was coming up, what do you wish you would have done differently in your life? And they literally said, I wish I had made more mistakes. Wow. And I was like, that is the best answer I've heard. Um, and that's actually very true because you learn more through your mistakes than trying to do everything right. So especially with the new age, it's always about how do you react accordingly to being a healer or the labels you put onto your Instagram profile or website or a YouTube channel, right? Mm. And there were so many people, like when I started putting out those posts, like over the past six months or so, so many people were like, well, you call yourself a healer and you're just seeding the separation mentality. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Um, first of all, I can call myself whatever I want to call myself. I'm an adult here, you know, I mean, I, I don't really <laughs> have to be scrutinized by you just because your expectation of what I am or what I am not um, doesn't really coincide with whatever. But I mean, it's also another thing, like these are usually people who really, um, they just kind of follow along because they like your name and, and they maybe like uh, that you maybe talk about Pleiadians because your name has Pleiadian in it, but I never actually do that, <laughs> as people probably should have found out over the past four years as well. So, and then they get really triggered when, when you start just criticizing like the brainwashing that's going on in that community and- yes. Yeah. And then they're like, maybe you have to do shadow work. And I'm like, I don't have to do any shadow work because honestly, we're all perfect the way we are actually. Yeah. Um, we, we're not sure we are maybe fractured and all of that, but that just happens because of society too. Yeah. You know, that literally happens because you go to school and something happens there and your self-worth is really dimmed by things like that. But I mean, it's just kind of who we are, right? It's kind of what what makes us us as well and how we deal with those failures over our entire life. So there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry to interrupt this episode, but I have to share some amazing products with you. Beauty by BB Skincare Range. It is all vegan, all made from recycled materials and can be recycled. It is completely free from toxins and it works it is so beautiful so if you're interested in trying out this beautiful range beauty by bb check out my link in the show notes you can order this whole range and it will be posted directly to you and i know you're going to love it Another question I wanted to ask you, and I know we probably won't be able to get too much into it. Um, it's very much, I'd, I'd love to have it as a, a whole episode potentially, um, but you also share um, things around the twin flame journey, which again, something super new to me, something um, that uh, kind of woke me up to that around 2019 um so this is another thing that I feel like can be a bit of a trap in the sense that people discover this idea of of a twin flame it can be people get obsessed at it and it just creates like more pain and suffering um around that is kind of what I've seen the way that some people share things about twin flames 
um, I'd love to hear your take on Twin Flames and and the mission of 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 this connection. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah. So yeah, with the Twin Flames, it does appear to be overhyped <laughs> and oversaturated in the New Age community. So, okay, from my personal standpoint, what I've gotten so far energetically, yeah, Twin Flames exist, absolutely. Um, and this is even, you know, like I said in the beginning in 2014, like I wasn't into any of these concepts at all. And I see it happen, play, like I see it play out in my own reality with my one friend who was like, this is my Twin Flame. I'm leaving the country, going to be with them, start a life on that new continent and everything with them. You know, my friend who was uh, leaving here to be in UK yeah. with their own twin flame and everything. So for me personally, um, when after seeing that and also just hearing her his descriptions, like their descriptions about their relationship, I'm like, I don't, I, I think I'm fine. I don't think I need to be in, in the twin flame dynamic because it sounded very um, tension ridden and friction like. And um, I think you were frozen for a second. <laughs> yes, yeah, the internet cut out. So I, yeah, I heard you talking about your your friend with the twin flame experience, and you said like, yeah, I'm it not sound pulling like a that very into my appealing world. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it, it really did not sound a very yeah. <laughs> appealing to me at all. Um, and I do think what I'm seeing right now online and everything. Um, a lot of people are kind of just uh, writing on that concept, you know, like people are giving like there's so many tarot card reading channels or just kind of reading channels out there who are just like, twin. I mean, I myself give twin flame readings too, but it's just like, yeah, twin flame, twin flame, twin flame. And it sounds more like a soulmate or like a karmic soulmate connection than a twin flame connection. Um, so with, I do think, okay, so what I've experienced, yes, twin flames do exist. And it is very special and very different from a normal relationship. Um, I don't agree with the narcissistic, narcissist standpoint or when people are like, my twin flames are narcissists and all of those things. I have seen that happen very seldomly where someone actually had a twin flame and they just turned into the worst uh, narcissist ever. But typically on average, most of the time, that's not a twin flame relationship. Now it does happen occasionally, but on average, no. Um, and it doesn't also, in my opinion, um, a lot of twin flames are not in union right now. I'm still getting a majority of twin flames, like a good 70% are actually not in union right now. So that's perfectly normal as well. Being in separation. Um, I've spoken and interviewed twin flames on my own channel who were like literally saying, I met my twin flame. Uh, it was for the activation, you know, spiritual activation, twin flame activation, whatever, um, because they do push you kind of to that limit. And they really, you know, I've seen it happen in my own life where um, the concepts that I came up with all of a sudden after having met them, uh, I, I was just not, I don't even know where they really came from. So it is a spiritual twin flame activation in that sense. I do agree with that. Now, um, sometimes it works out, you know, with my one friend, for example, they were actually together for, I don't even know, how long were they together for three or four years, they were actually married, had a child, but at the end of the day, they broke up. <laughs> so they're not together right now, you know, so I've seen that happen firsthand where uh, twin flames come together, they have this amazing whatever together, and then they just break up. I've also seen firsthand where people are together for I know this other twin flame couple, they're a same sex couple. Um, they've been together for 11 years. 
Um, I don't think they'll ever really break up. You know, it's that type of relationship. So it just gets complicated. You know, I've seen other twin flames who got triggered so much with by each other and with each other that they're like, I'm never talking to you ever again. I'm just going to go out there and find a karmic soulmate. Um, so there are different variations and variants of it. And I know one of your questions also had to do with soul contracts. So I know we can't possibly cover all of that in this interview, but what I've experienced so far, it really does have to do with um, the amount of, I don't know if you want to call it karma or, or just the amount of experiences you had with your twin flame in previous lives. If they actually abandoned you in previous lives, if they, um, if you were with them in a happy relationship or whatever in previous lives and then also um how awake they obviously are in this lifetime how awake they really want to be because for some twin flames um you know if you're with someone and they just don't really want to wake up because their button just hasn't been pushed yet and they are your twin flame or whatever uh i don't see any reason for you to dim your light by being with a person like that um and just because they are your twin flame or whatever you want to call it um, so I would not necessarily recommend that you, you know, stay in an unhealthy relationship or whatever. Now, I do find for some twin flame couples and twin flame relationships, soul contracts do play a role um, in my specific circumstance. And that's also why I get a lot of readings, you know, when I was asking actually people to give me a reading on my twin flame relationship, um, a lot of readers actually even said, this is not your twin flame. Um, there's literally no karma that you have with them at all. They were really confused about what this really was. It was always, uh, some people knew it, but for other people who aren't really that experienced in twin flame readings, they were literally like, um, well, because you have no karma, this can only be like a very higher level soulmate and all of that. But it has to do with that me and my twin flame. Um, and this is getting a little bit personal, but I'm not going to go too personal. Like I already told you, we actually don't have uh, those soul contracts with each other. So we don't really have a lot of those um, karmic experiences that carry over with other twin flame relationships from lifetime to lifetime. Um, so in that sense, it's it's an energetically very um, light relationship because of that. But I'm not the only one who experiences that. You know, I've literally talked to other people who were like, yeah, we met, we had a twin flame activation. We don't have to be together uh, in this lifetime. It's fine. Um, I honor my twin flame. They're actually even still, you know, around their twin flame, like a lot, like somehow in their life, you know, one of them said uh, his twin flame was like a caretaker of his child, you know, in that sense. And I'm like, well, that's kind of amazing that you're just really friends with them and everything. So I do think there are different missions for different couples. Um, for some, sure. Uh, like I, I've seen it with twin flames. They just marry, have a really happy situation, relationship with each other. Um, for others, they got married. It kind of exploded in their face and turned into a little bit of a sour relationship. Um, and then yet for others, they actually lost their twin flame. So I've sp spoken with couples, you know, clients and, and other couples who, uh, well, they're not a couple anymore, but they literally just, their twin flame passed away to the other side. And that was actually one of my first readings that I gave on twin flames a little while ago where she had uh, lost her twin flame passed away and she was trying to deal with that grief like three years down the road still and I'm just like I can't imagine I can't really imagine how that must feel because no matter what people say you know there are people out there who are saying it's all a hoax um, it's like spiritual programming and all of those things I understand where they're coming from because it is highly oversaturated and uh, some people do think they're a twin flame with someone who's not really their twin flame. You know, 
not everyone can be, I mean, I don't think everyone's a twin flame. No, I, I think um, it's a certain percentage, maybe that's a twin flame, but that's fine too. Not everyone has to be a twin flame, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, you know, other people also, I've heard other people also say, um, if you don't have a twin flame here, they're embodied in the astral somehow, or like on a different dimension somehow, they're an angel or whatever. I don't really agree with that necessarily, but I, I don't think that everyone has their twin flame here or that they are a twin flame. I do think it's like a certain amount of people that have a twin flame and that makes it even more complicated than it already is, unfortunately. But I've spoken to twin flames who their twin flame passed away and um, you know that's a different aspect of it too. So if you want to call it a form of programming or whatever, I don't agree with that because if that is a form of programming, it extends beyond death. And I don't think that's programming anymore mm. at all. I think there's something, there's way more to that um, than for people who are just trying to, you know, call it uh, like a hoax or whatever. So yeah, yeah, it can be a, a quite interesting relationship and journey yeah <laughs> but there's no yeah. clear and I, answer I, I, and path to it that's what's the frustrating yeah. part about it right yeah it definitely seems very unique um so and i definitely believe in the twin flame journey um but i don't know there's a part of me that is not sure that it's always meant to be a romantic relationship the way that i've what I've learned about twin flames is it does feel like more of a spiritual partner. Um, but then I know that that's interesting because like some people that feel like they're your twin flame aren't on that spiritual path. And, you know, you talk about one being more spiritual than the other and that sort of thing. It's yeah. Again, it just, it feels like such a layered conversation, but yeah, I guess on that twin flame topic, something that I do want to explore more within the podcast and like I said I'd love to to do a whole episode on this topic um, is sometimes I feel like it is an excuse maybe or a reason for people to um, just create pain and suffering in mm -hmm. their life you know like especially in that separation um, phase mm -hmm. and I just don't know if it needs to be that Right. Because the way that I feel within my own twin flame journey is that we're always connected. Like I, right. I actually like, you know, from meeting them, you know, it did feel like an activation and there was this sense of, of wholeness and, right. and I haven't really felt alone since. And with my particular situation, you know, it's somebody I met in Egypt and then they live in the US and I'm obviously in Australia, global lockdown, no one can travel, especially from Melbourne. Um, and <laughs> especially in Victoria, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And there was parts like there was parts of that journey where I fell into this like twin flame trap and I'm like, oh, this separation's so painful. And right. then I kind of woke up from it and I was like, actually, no, like I can connect to them whenever I want to. And it's actually very easy for us to connect on an energetic level. Right. Um, yeah, the 5D so, communication. It's definitely another sign that you're, you know, more in a twin flame relationship than just a soulmate relationship, um, for sure. Yeah. But for some people, even that is so painful that they kind of just tune it out. But, you know, 
Yeah. It really depends on where people are in their journey. But yeah, you're right. The you're always connected to each other, even beyond death, you know? Like Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've 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 even had a um a person that that came to see me for a quantum healing session and she'd never explored twin flames because she's telling me about this relationship within telling her story. And um and then that person did pass well they actually committed suicide Mm -hmm. and and the way that she described it was that she didn't even feel that grief because she still feels connected and then it came out through her subconscious that this you know this twin flame person um is now a guide for her so like she's always always connected to them right I so, think that's yeah, a there's different so many type different... of guide than the regular spirit guides, though, to be honest. Yeah. 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 And there's so much we didn't cover. Like, yeah, I, I've absolutely adored um, speaking with you. I'm not yeah. sure if, you, if you've got to get going. There's usually some questions that I love to ask people. But, yeah, totally fine if, we're, um, if we don't have enough time for them. How are you feeling about that time? Yeah. You're okay with time? Yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, I I would love it if you if you wanted to come back on sometime in the future to discuss certain talk things more about, further. Yeah, maybe like make that a different interview. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. There's only so much we can cover in one episode. But something that I love to ask everybody that comes on is what is your like non-negotiable spiritual practice so whether it's something that you do every day that you feel is really beneficial or something that you'll always come back to Mm. so I don't actually do it every day anymore but there was a point in my life where I did do it every day and I always come back to it and that is actually call it meditation call it being in silence so being in quiet mode for myself uh, for at least 10, 15 minutes every day. Um, And actually also saging for me is a non-negotiable. So sage for me, the white sage is the most powerful thing ever to just cleanse everything. You know, I usually sage my entire energy body and I feel so much better. I feel like even better when taking a shower, (laughs) but even better than if I had taken a shower, just taking like a little sage bath. So meditation and saging, very important. And just being in silence and quieting that monkey mind. Um, because, you know, I, I think I told you, but last week I was gone. You know, I was just taking time off uh, being at the beach for like five days or so. And I actually didn't really get the chance to meditate during that time at all. Because sometimes you just have to take a break as well. Um, kind of just be really in 3D life and, and, and just explore, be a tourist in a new area and all of those things. So every single day before that trip, I made sure to get my meditation time in um, because I knew there would be like five days where I wouldn't be in the mood to do that. And then, you know, after coming back and everything, it takes a while to just settle in. But yeah, I always come back to that practice. Um, I don't necessarily do it every day. I try to do it as frequently as possible, though. Mm, Yes, very good. And what is something that has really helped you on your journey? So whether it's been a specific healing, even a quote that really blew your mind or a a book that you recommend to everybody, what's something that's really helped you? Um, I don't really know. I think crystals really helped me. 
I'm not sure I can recommend a book about it. There's so many books written about crystals. Um, but I think those are just the things that really helped me just tapping into my own intuition and, and really connecting to energies in that sense too. So, you know, I personally have an obsession with crystals. I, I wear like crystal jewelry. I have like more than 300 crystals around me. <laughs> um, so for me, it is quite an obsession. But for those people who aren't really into that, um, I think what really helped me, especially after getting back from Australia, where things didn't really go the way I wanted them to go, and I was kind of just chased around on the energetic realm, um, grounding myself and being around people who are very grounding as well. So I was around my parents and family who are not spiritual at all and, and very grounding. Um, and also remembering that your intuition is within you, you know, here in the solar plexus, uh, sacral chakra area, like that area, that's like your intuition, your gut feeling, and you always have access to that. And when your gut feeling is telling you something's off, then most likely it is off. Mm. from an early age yes. on you know you already have that when you're a child yes exactly and let's just talk a little bit about your offerings so you know I'm, I'm definitely going to link your website in the show notes but what are what are some of your offerings um, I'm very curious about your readings actually so mm -hmm. how can people work with you yeah I offer um, a few different things right now so I focus on shamanic healings which those run anywhere from 90 minutes up to three hours, actually. They're all remote. And the longer ones, like the two-hour-long healing and the three-hour-long healing, actually do include um, DNA repairs. So call it calibration, call it act not really activation, but more like repairing the DNA from um, environmental damage, damage people have through the... Um, the jab. <laughs> I'm not sure I can yep. mention the, the V word oh, on here. So yeah. just those kind of anything can be mentioned on here. <laughs> yeah, but on my channel. <laughs> oh right. Oh but yes. I think people know. So just like all those things, like how your DNA was damaged through those factors. Um mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I really see it as like a very like I see the DNA kind of almost like a hair shaft when I tap into it energetically. And like a lot of times it's like so frazzled. Um, that it literally has to be pulled together. And then people usually get homework in addition to that. So the healings don't just stop with a session. Um, I usually give people homework uh, because that's kind of how a healing works. Um, you kind of have to, and that's kind of how my healings work, not every healing, but it's kind of more in that self-empowering way where, okay, you have to do this for the next week or so to really get the full benefit from it. But it's more like a shamanic healing, you know, like soul retrievals, uh, journeying and changing like uh, just like past events, like the perception of that and those kind of things, cord cutting. And then the readings, um, I started off with doing uh, starseed origin readings. I still do those, obviously, like if people are interested in uh, whether or not their cosmic lineage is from this and this and this star system. So usually what I do, especially with Pleiades and also uh, Lyran starseeds, um, I actually go out there and really name the specific star they're from. You know, you're from the Asteropi star, you're from the Meropi star, you're from the such right. that. So I don't just say you are Pleiadian or of Pleiadian starseed origin. I actually say, yes, you lived here um, in so and so many lifetimes and you have incarnations here. Um, and there's something here that is somewhere in your soul imprint as well. So it's more like soul imprint readings, I guess. And, and pretty much anything, even like medical intuitive advice, 
occasionally if people ask. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a medical intuitive, but it's definitely coming through in readings. So that's definitely yeah. interesting. <laughs> Uh, because I personally don't have a lot of understanding of anatomy, but for some reason, the knowledge still comes through. So for me, that's been very interesting to have it confirmed by people too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just general advice, I guess that they want, like, I mean, if you want to call it like mediumship, you know, working with deceased loved ones, like pretty much everything has come through in these readings. Twin flame readings too, obviously. Um, yeah. And then I do. And what does that look like? Like, can you tell if if someone is in a twin flame? Yeah, I actually can yeah. confirm whether or not that person is a twin flame. I don't like to do those, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, because I myself have had experiences where I went out there and asked people and then people were like, no, or yes. or whatever. And I'm just like, well, you kind of know, probably if you're already asking, um, there's mm -hmm. probably like something. So, you know, I, so far, you know, it hasn't been like, like a, a bad reading or whatever, um, where people would like completely were upset or whatever. Absolutely not. But for me personally, on an energetic level, I just, I can confirm it. Um, it, it does happen occasionally that people ask me, I don't really like to, um, but you can definitely confirm that it's mm -hmm. the soul imprints or just the auric fields of those people. And I don't even need like a picture necessarily or anything, um, not even like a name. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it yeah. all happens kind of on an energetic level. Um, but people usually just want to know, people do want to know more about timing. I have to say that as well. Um, <laughs> so usually with timing, it's, it's very, very difficult for twin flame relationships because it's not really like a relationship like anything else out there. Mm. Um, it's easier to do that more with like the soulmate relationships or, or karmic partners. And it's always dependent if they actually do the work, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's what I always say in my involved. readings. Yeah. I'm like, I could give you a time, but right. it's potentially. Timelines like the come through, but it doesn't mean that they're going to come true. And I've noticed that yeah. myself too, you know, people giving me certain timings and they never came true. And I'm like, it's just. Because the future changes every day, right? Yeah, it can. Yeah, it really depends. It can, you know, especially yeah. with restrictions right now. Um, some countries were supposed to be open three months ago, never opened up. Mm, yeah. Some countries are slowly opening up again. So it's really hard with restrictions anyways. It is. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd love to share with anyone listening? Anything about your offerings, your services, any of your beliefs? Um. I'm actually going to have a shamanic program coming up in the spring for people who are interested in it. It's going to be around six weeks long, like five to six weeks long. I still have to map up the entire um, procedure of it, but it's definitely for you to connect more with your soul and with your intuition and all of those things. So just kind of um, having certain tools uh, handy. And other than that, I don't know. I mean, I think the most important part is um, maybe that people want to take away from this interview is really not giving your power away to other people, other beings, other whatevers. You know, I have so many people comment on my own channel as well. They want a confirmation that this person, whether or not this person is legit because this person has 80,000 followers or that this person's a fraud and all of those things. And I'm at a point right now where I'm just like, you have the entire knowledge within you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really more about you trusting yourself more than constantly listening to these other people. 
um, or even myself, which I don't think my channel is really a channel like that where people are like worshiping me and being like, yes, everything you say is true. No, people criticize me every day. You know, like people <laughs> throw their criticism in my face like every single day. For me, it's more like a collaboration channel anyways. You know, we exchange mm. ideas, people have other insight, they share that um, on both Instagram and YouTube. So I never see myself as someone who, this is my opinion and everything else is false. Um, for me, it's more important about how can we actually come together and really form a community that can be healthy and, and kind of look at things in a healthy manner and maybe even dissect through this matrix that's out there, because that's more important to me than the 5D or 7D or all of those dimensions. Yes. And I, I think that's why I was just um, really excited when I come across your Instagram and then to have this opportunity to talk with you because that that really resonates with me. There's so many people putting themselves out there and, and I'm the same, like I, you know, I have this platform and I'll share the things that I receive, but in no way am I ever going to think, you know, go into my ego about it and think that I am the be all and know all and you know we have so much to learn right, right? and and yeah I, I really believe that we all bring pieces of the puzzle together so yeah. I really like that about you know that collaborative the collaborative journey I guess coll yeah collaborative yeah I, I do mm. think is if we if we don't stick together we don't have as many chances as if we're just splintered around you know, single pieces. I do think the power lies in the community. Yes. I see that every time when I'm on an airplane and there's a little turbulation or turbulence and people freak out and I'm just like, you guys are just making it worse by freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that's just kind of like uh, a little bit out there too, but I just had that experience because I just landed like a few days ago. Uh, you know, a little turbulence and people are like, ah, and I'm just like, no, no, I can literally feel the vibes shifting. You know, when you're already so attuned to energy and everything, I feel the vibes shifting and I'm like, oh no, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like we really do even have the power to land this plane safely instead of freaking out about it. That's kind of yeah. just how I see things lately. You know, the more you tap into these things, the more you're like, we have so much power and there's a reason we're being kept down like that. Yes, we can exactly. have influence over these things where we think we'd, we wouldn't have a single influence over it, you know, because it's too 3D or whatever, but we actually are quite powerful. So I do think the power lies in the masses and, and kind of coming together in the community than mm. um, just being out there solo like we have been for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And one, one I don't know if it'll be a quick question, but um my partner especially wanted me to ask you, do you believe that the collective split, have you heard that? Have you heard anybody talk about um, a collective split that, you know, moving to these two timelines, one timeline's moving to 5D? Do you believe in any of that? Do you, do you feel like as a collective, you know, when we're saying, um, yeah, that there's power within that collective consciousness mm -hmm. do you believe that we've split um yeah so i do think they're trying to split us up and they're really trying to split the souls up so that the people who are discerning and possibly in 3d or whatever um won't be able to reach the people who are in 5d because the 5d people are a little bit i don't want to call them brainwashed or whatever but they're kind of like in that gaga land la la whatever uh 
I mean, it usually does happen with the yoga community. Like I hate to say it, but it does happen with people who practice like yoga and, and, and all of that new age stuff. People that literally meditate all day. <laughs> yeah. All of those meditation retreats, you know, all of that. I've seen it happen to myself where, where people come back and they're just, I don't know. I don't know if an entity entered here, but there's something like lights are kind of off. Um, and I think that also, you know, you're talking about suicide and, and mental illness and all of that. I know that's probably a topic for a whole nother interview. Um, but I do think a lot of what's with what's happening with suicide and people wanting to take their life from my personal experience, what I've experienced so far, um, those are entities really around those people. And it's the same with mental illness as well. So there's a lot of that happen uh, happening on the energetic realm. Um, and that's why, once again, you have to be very careful with those things. Also the meditation retreats, because I don't think that's just love and light that's happening there. I think there's other stuff going on, uh, on the energetic realm, but I do think they, or whoever, you know, call them the controllers or whatever. Um, I do think they're trying to split us up into these two different timelines. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to help us eventually. Yeah because um what it's doing is making that one group more complacent and is causing more hardship for that other group who's kind of being left behind yeah yeah so definitely short, yeah i do think that's happening but i don't want to be a part of that really because yeah. um i i don't think i've read on it like a few weeks ago or so it came up i read on it on like a youtube live or whatever and i was like yeah it's it's part of an agenda that they want to mm. split us up like that. Mm. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I very much appreciate this conversation, this time that you've made today. And, um, and yeah, if, if, if you're feeling called to coming back sometime in the future, that'd be amazing as well. Thank you so much for your time and also the questions and, and the, uh, communication in advance and everything um, it was definitely very interesting and I really do appreciate uh, this talk and I mean sure we can definitely do something in the future for sure <laughs> more about the other topics I know the list of questions was quite long so there are quite a few <laughs> topics to talk about <laughs> yeah sounds wonderful thank you so much thank you well wasn't that an interesting episode I truly enjoyed the conversation with Laura. We spent a little bit of time talking and discussing things after the recording finished and I'd absolutely love to have her back on the show again and I'd love to hear what you thought of these ideas that aren't really shared too much in my opinion, definitely not in the circles that I've been traveling in I feel like what Laura from Palladian Healer is tapping into is something really uncovered and I'm really excited to be a part of that uncovering and finding some really true, authentic, genuine people because, yeah, there's some really intense stuff going on in our world and... I definitely recommend practicing discernment and as Laura was saying, you know, the, t the greatest takeaway from this episode is empower yourself. What do you feel? What is your intuition telling you? But if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. Tag me on Instagram at spiritualafpodcast 
the podcast and remember even if your wings have been clipped off they can always regrow